Let's all fly out with our wangs out, and uh, everybody could be like, oh, you are obviously not hiding anything. <laughs> and is it cold in here? Oh, it must be cold in here. <laughs> I was in the pool! Yeah, that, that would be my excuse. Uh, uh, <laughs> sir, it's 35 degrees out. Uh, it's cold back home. <laughs> I was just, I was in the pool. I swear. They once drove to Vancouver from Edmonton to go to the Grey Cup in a Toyota Matrix with summer tires. While listening to the entire Tragically Hip discography, they love their Canadian football. John Fraser, a Winnipeg Blue Bombers fan and sports reporter from Saskatoon. Does this mean I have to start researching? And Travis Curra, a Saskatchewan Rough Riders fan and radio announcer from Red Deer. Does anybody want to do fantasy dancing with the stars next uh, season? Bring you the Two and Out CFL podcast. Every week, Fraser and Curra will deliver news and fantasy analysis from the Canadian Football League. And nonsense. Can't forget the nonsense. Grab some poutine and a double-double. It's time for the Two and Out Podcast. Ready, set, hunt! Finally, Two and Out has come back to the internet! (laughs) You had better mix in the old rock entrance music. The rock says... The Rock. Yeah. The Rock. <laughs> that, that one. Yeah, that's exactly that one. Uh, we are back uh, for everybody that thought we uh, we went on hiatus. But uh, I guess, you know what? In the middle of winter, even though it hasn't really been a winter, it's just kind of hard to get up and talk about CFL football. And then you and I both ran into phases of our life. I was in Kindersley cover, covering curling. You went out and got married. So it's kind of hard to do podcasts during that. Yeah, sorry I was busy getting married. <laughs> yeah, come on, <laughs> listeners. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, All right, so so we should also mention this is probably where the, the talk portion of this episode will begin and we'll let you know when it's over with uh, some sort of music intro or something. So first off, congratulations, Travis. You and Taylor got married. You eloped. Uh, I love the eloping style because like, even like even though you and I talk all the time, we text, we do the podcast together, I literally open up Facebook and I'm like, oh, <laughs> they did that thing. <laughs> And you know what? It's a damn shame because I had this the most wicked bachelor party ever planned for you. Did you? Oh, absolutely I did. We could still do it. <laughs> um, we Fake Gainer and Real Gainer the Gopher were going to be in the same place, and there was going to be body shots off of somebody. Oh, are, are you telling me that I would have been able to find out who Fake Gainer was? Dude, I've offered Fake Gainer free lacrosse tickets, and I can't meet Fake Gainer. Really? Yes. And he loves the rush. He does love the rush. I've offered to have him. No, no, no. I tell you what, the mean gene. I tell you what. The fake. <laughs> Should I do this wrestling promo style or like Batman villain? Uh, it's weird because the, the promos that you do, they are like half Super Mario, half Iron Sheik. So like- <laughs> I, tell, I tell you what, the hair mean gene. <laughs> It's a me, uh, it's a me, a Mario, a fake gamer. You tell me who you are, we get you two rush tickets, and then uh, we go up, you come in the suite, in the box, you get to make, uh, while I make the broadcast, uh, you get to hang out, be like, boing, 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 there's delicious coins up there. <laughs> I tell you what, the mean gene. So the, we- the fake gainer, I'm coming looking for you. Could we get fake gainer on the podcast? I wonder if we could. 
He's got. I know he's. We know. Well, we know he's going to listen to this. Yes, yes, we know that. So, so once you hear this fake gainer, if you're on for a podcast appearance, maybe in like seven years when we do the next one, um, <laughs> we'll have you on. <laughs> now, judging by his Twitter cover photo, it looks like he sits on the west side <laughs> or the east side of Taylor Field. Uh, but maybe he <laughs> took a picture on the other side just to confuse you. Yeah, like I, I really, part of me wants Fake Gainer to be, you know, like, what if it was like George Reed who sits in the front row at every Ryder game? That would be, see, I would rather if Fake Gainer, I said, okay, come up to the rush pre- uh, the press box and, and hang out and you can see the broadcast location. I'd rather if it was actually a guy in a Gainer the Gopher suit. <laughs> But like an obvious knockoff, the, you know, like how the jersey sites, you know, you get them from. Oh yeah, from like the, the, like those drunk people that are on the strip in Vegas who are like the worst Spider-Man costume you've ever seen, and then yeah. you got to give them five bucks to take a picture of them, <laughs> <laughs> and they just like kind of aggressively molest you for the picture. Yeah, yeah get away like from that. Me. And then, then it would have that smell. Have you ever ordered like uh, a, a jersey from one of those cheap overseas sites that are obviously knockoffs? Yes, they have a smell to them that doesn't go away no matter how many times you wash it. It would smell it. Everybody who's listening is it's like, yeah, you're right, John. Yeah, you're you're right. You're totally right. Uh, so does this count as the talk if we're essentially calling out a fake rodent rodent from Park Peg? I, I think so. But, like, I don't know how we got from my bachelor party to this. I mean, it was the body shots with fake gainer and real gainer. <laughs> and the goat and the goat with balloons tied to its horns. <laughs> we were just going to be out in some random field outside a park bag. Oh, that would have been a sweet bachelor party with a van and an umbrella. And, and I, <laughs> we're going to try and have a Brazilian Thai do getting waxed. Uh, on this episode, because I know he was kind of irked that we didn't have him on in January. So uh, I did hear when free agency opened, he had almost signed a contract with the Eskimo Empire podcast. So uh, yeah, and, and I almost signed with the, the CFL Twitter Awards account, but uh, I almost was tur- on my own. It, it turns out that you can't win the CFL Twitter Awards and then go work over there. Oh, because that, yeah, that would look kind of shady. I know. It would be like, hey, whoopsie, look who's on CFL Twitter Awards. Last year's winner. How'd that happen? I don't know. Tyrell was also mad that I got eloped instead of having this massive shindig for him. Well, that's because he was mad that we weren't going to have the bachelor party outside a park bag with fake gainer and real gainer and body shots off of a gopher with a van with an umbrella and a goat with horns on its <laughs> balloons and just like two coolers of beers while listening to Rod Peterson call a, a rider game. You know, that actually does sound like the best bachelor party ever. As long as we check with the farmer whose random field it is to make sure we don't actually get combined <laughs> and to make sure we don't get shot at. <laughs> We are with two gophers that might end in trade. You know what? Maybe we shouldn't do it. Maybe this idea is not so good. And for those that are asking, yes, I did cry at my wedding. That's all right. I cried like a bitch at mine, too. You cried, too? Don't you remember? You were there. I don't remember you crying. At the reception. I want to thank everybody. I got a little emotional choked up, and Lacey had to take the mic and be like, hey, you and Mika, shut up. That is true. You did cry. I like that. I I can't thank people. You can't. 
That or somebody just told me what the bombers have been doing for the past <laughs> ten years. Just think about the bombers, I think it was bombers, you whispering John. in my ear before I went up for the thank you. Hey, John, remember all those bombers games that you've been to that they've lost? Remember when Kevin Glenn broke his arm? Do you yeah, you didn't even have to, like, put the old uh, 8535 under your eyes. You just have to whisper into your ears, bombers, bombers, bombers. <laughs> 2007, broken right arm. <laughs> I guess there's been quite a bit of things that have happened. Uh, so, so we put the call out on Twitter. What should we talk about? Um, I, I We should probably, you got to throw the first one out there because I got to actually uh, load up my Twitter. Okay, so Michael's first suggestion, it's a pretty loaded question. Free agency, Enoch Mwamba, life, the Montreal Canadiens' Twitter fail, the weather, Donald Trump, cosmology and thermodynamics. I know, holy, Michael bringing the high heat. All right, so... Does he think we're that smart? We'll get to free agency in a minute. Um, Enoch is going to exhaust all of his NFL options. He'll sign on the eve of training camp with whoever has the most cap space left over, uh, Dark Horse pick the Calgary Stampeders. Uh, Is that already, a big we, problem with the CFL, though, in all seriousness? Yeah. That they didn't want... Like, Montreal pulled out all the stops to sign him six months ago, and then and all then of a sudden... him out of a roster bonus. Yeah, all of a sudden they don't want to pay him a bonus, so they let him go. I, well, I think that's because Jim Pop realized, and if you believe some of the reports... Um, online actually there was an article i saw blue bomber buzz uh it's actually eric who used to be with three down nation has restarted his his bombers love which is all which makes a lot more sense considering he lives in winnipeg he's a season ticket holder and it was actually it was a really well done piece on the salary cap jail that the montreal alouettes are in and i read it the other day and I, i thoroughly enjoyed it but he made the point of like look at all the veterans that he has held on to like it's just it's insane. He just keeps paying them and paying them and paying them. Essentially, the Montreal Alouettes are last year's Saskatchewan Rough Riders. Well, and they had a young guy in Henoch Mwamba that, you know, is worth the money. Instead, they signed Javon Johnson. And I know Johnson is a – he's a hell of a player. But he's on the downside of his career, man. No, and you're absolutely right. And – they they have the most thirty year olds out of they are exactly last year's Saskatchewan Rough Riders. A bunch of players who've held on for one season too long and I think Jim Pop has lost the magic. Nobody in their right mind. Like there's I would have cut so many other guys before I ever thought about ca- cutting a Canadian linebacker with that kind of talent. Well, does that show how important Mark Tressman really was to that team? Or Anthony Calvillo as well? Both, yeah. I mean the combo of those two guys. Um, maybe we're more important to that team than Jim Pop. Well, it's fair to it's definitely fair to say that that was that was exactly the case, and we're starting to see a little bit more of it. I mean, they haven't had they honestly haven't had a single good starting quarterback or a great season since Anthony Calvillo retired. Well, and he can't he can't seem to hire a head coach to save his life. And it's his fifth stint. Like it's just, it's Montreal is quickly becoming a bit of a gong show, which is amazing considering how just how quality they were for so many years. It's, I mean, it's been a real jumping off a cliff. So to me, I, I, I can see. I mean, I know Saskatchewan fans are going to want him to end up with the Riders. I think they're capped out. I think Jones and I got a chance to interview Chris Jones 
uh, not too long ago here. Actually, last Friday he was in town for a speaking engagement, and I asked him, I said, uh, Coach, like, did you get pretty well everybody you wanted? And he said, yep, pretty much. And again, I'm summarizing here, but Jones said, yeah, we got most of the guys that we went out and targeted, so I can't see the riders having much cap room to, to go out and get Mwamba. Um in terms of other teams, I think, you know, you look at a team that's been a little quiet during free agency. Maybe Calgary takes a run at them. Yeah, I was thinking Calgary or Edmonton, but Edmonton signed J.C. Sherritt. Uh, I think they're going to stick with their guy uh, there at linebacker. And Moama's a great player. He is. and But, I mean, the only reason, let's face it, somebody would have made cap room for him already. He's exploring his NFL options again. Yeah, he must. Yeah, and I'm That's sure. That's every, everybody you've kind of read. And, I mean, NFL teams are, are high on the guy. I mean, hell, if NFL teams are high on Cameron Marshall, I mean, that's uh, – I'm sure there's others that uh, out, out there that, that fit the mold, and he's definitely one of those guys. So. Isn't it funny how that works? Like, Cameron Marshall is just – eh, he's a guy. Yeah. He's a guy, and uh, he, he gets a sniff down south, but then you have some guys that uh, – don't get anything. I, sometimes I don't understand how that works. But we do know that the Major League Football League will be a big player uh, this spring. <laughs> yeah, clearly. That's, I couldn't even uh, finish that sentence, but that's where Dan Lefevre's going. If the Lefevre's going to the Major League Football League, eh? Yeah. <laughs> He's got a Lefevre for checks bouncing. <laughs> I, I, I mean, what is, like, spring football's never worked. Like, just, just, uh, it's just give it up. I mean,. It, all these other leagues have even done a worse job than the CFL's American expansion, with which I'm sure our friend Oz Davis we will get to. Well, and um, Gainer at- wanted us to talk about that because we have to. We're still not even a quarter of the way through Michael's request. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I guess we better talk about uh, the Montreal Canadiens Twitter fail because that was the best thing I've ever seen in the history of life. But did you see the CFL's Twitter fail just last Friday? No, I didn't catch the CFL's one. So I was I was uh, usually days days that I'm working uh, the rush broadcast. I'm not on Twitter a whole lot. So it was basically the same kind of thing as the Montreal Canadiens because if, if you're not familiar with the Canadiens thing, it was uh, they had their millionth follower and anybody that basically tweeted them, they would reply with this big congratulations and, and a video message or your Twitter handle on the back of a jersey. Yeah, and the Twitter handles were like, I love ISIS and, you know, <laughs> stuff you like angry, that. Do you have the Angry Elk ready? Yes. The one I saw eight different times was <laughs> Habs <laughs> and Tarion. I'm like, whoa. And it's great because the thing says, the Habs, the captain has a great message for you at the Habs. And I, my sides were in orbit. I was dying. And the funniest thing is, is like with the automated, with the automated bot, obviously you could get whatever the hell you want on there. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I thought maybe we should have just like put the change the two and out podcast names to like Michelle Terrian is a big stinky loser head and <laughs> tweeted and see if we got any national play out of it. <laughs> because what happened was last Friday the league released. The schedule, and they had a bot set up where if you tweet them and you use hashtag schedule or something like that, yep. it would automatically reply to you and help you put it on your calendar, on your phone, or whatever. But <laughs> the league uh, Twitter account would reply to itself because 
the yep. league had the word schedule in it. So it was this endless loop of the CFL Twitter account replying to itself. It, 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 it wouldn't leave my uh, Twitter feed. So I guess they achieved something there. I, I think the best one was, I think somebody sarcastically test, texted uh, or tweeted, I forget who it was, I'd love to give you credit. If it was you, you can step up and assume responsibility. But the person that tweeted out, Geez, I don't know how to get the schedule on my phone. <laughs> I was, I was, I slow clapped that one out. So, <laughs> so maybe these uh, bots that uh, professional sports organizations and uh, teams are trying to use just don't. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Especially when you have that many followers. I mean, you know what? Hire eight more interns and just like for a night, like congratulations, you get to say you worked for Le Club du Hockey. <laughs> So the weather, uh, Saskatoon, unseasonably warm. I like it. Donald Trump, his win is going to be huge. He's won three in a row. It's going to be huge. <laughs> Cosmology, uh, did you see that Jupiter and uh, the moon were like a degree apart on Tuesday night? Dude, I am so into space. I could make a podcast off of this. So a degree is basically if you hold your pinky up and you hold it out, that's oh, yeah. how wide a degree is. Put and- it put it this way, Travis. I'm so into space, <laughs> I got interstellar. I knew. I was like, I had to explain it to Lacey. It? Like, I know what's going on here. Did you see The Martian up for Best Picture oh, this Sunday oh, at the Oscars? Oh, yes, I did. You are so excited about this. <laughs> oh, man. I, I never thought I could actually talk about my love of space and time travel on a football <laughs> podcast. This is just like, I love The Martian. I love space things. I was a Star Wars, Star Trek nerd growing up my whole life. But, like, I was really interested in, like, space and relativity and black yeah. holes and wormholes and, like, Oh man! So yes, I uh, cosmology is actually we could probably do a podcast <laughs> on that on space. So you could take us through the thermodynamics then. No. <laughs> hey, here's what I understand about thermodynamics. Um, the thermo means hot, and dynamics means things. Okay. So, um, it, like, if you're, you know, how like, um, uh, like if you run, and then like there's friction. <laughs> It, like, makes fire and thermodynamics. Moving on. Um, so there's Michael's request. There's oh. Michael's request. Thank you for uh, for that, Michael. Eric um, had uh, made a, he had an interesting question asking if any word on CFL rule changes for the upcoming 2016 season. Now, last year, the, the CFL Rules Committee met at the end of March, and that's when everything was proposed and then the Board of Governors basically approved the rule changes in a couple weeks after that. So from what I've, from what I've heard, and, and a good friend of mine, a co-worker of mine, uh, officiates CIS football. Uh, we were actually talking about this not too long ago. I don't think you're going to see anything major after the overhaul. You might see some minor things that only hardcore fans will see. Of course, uh, we will bring those to you in an episode, let's see, end of March. That means we'll probably bring it to you next December. Um, <laughs> another one, and, and like... I, I hate it, like when people ask me questions on Twitter that involve more detail. Sometimes because you sound I like a like, jerk when you reply. Well, that's it. Because I'm like, <laughs> well, I'm trying to apply, but it's 140 characters. And Eric also brought up the point. He'd love to see full yard penalties. Nothing of the half distance cow emoji, poop emoji. You figure it out. It'll change game without a major tweak. Now, I, I see. I do see the benefit that that Eric is talking about. He also mentions it would increase scoring. Basically, if you committed an offside. 
at the six-yard line or the defense went offside, yeah. offense has the ball at the six, you'd take it down to the one, it would increase scoring. Now, my only counter-argument would be I'd rather see a team try to get into the end zone from the four only for strict entertainment purposes because me, you know, I, I just don't think an offside penalty is serious enough to, you know, merit moving the ball up to the yeah, one It's not like a roughing line. the passer or something. Exactly. No, and a personal fouls are already moved up 15 yards. Yeah, now, that yeah. being said, that being said, I would love to see if illegal contact moved the ball to the one. Ooh. It, like, if you were at, you know, because if you were at, you know, first and nine, or first first and goal from the nine-yard line, and you commit illegal contact, I mean, in the end zone, it ends up at the one. But if you commit yeah. it, like, right out of, you know, trying to hold somebody up, or even a defensive holding or something like that, I'd love to see it. Offsides and procedures... I think you could keep the same, uh, Eric, but you know what? If we move to I, – I agree with you uh, with some variations on that. What do you figure about uh, – so the rule changes came into effect last year, uh, and, and the biggest complaint I think last year was flags. It, it, it was penalties. Now, the playoffs were amazing. So they so they're entering this season I think with some good momentum. It showed how the good teams can really play with these new rules. If if it starts the same as last year, how long do they give those rules a chance? Like now five the, seasons. Now, now the or? question is, did did last year I know flags were an issue, but let's face it, everybody was figuring it out at the same time. Referees mm-hmm. were figuring out, players were figuring out, coaches were figuring it out. Everybody didn't really have a clue as to, you know, what was exactly going on. So now that they've had a season to figure it out, they now know what to get get away with, especially the officials. And I'm not slagging the officials here, but I mean, I was also, I remember I used to referee some pretty high levels of hockey. And I was in the year after the NHL lockout that they went to basically, if you put your stick on a guy, it's a penalty now. Mm-hmm. And that transition, man, was so tough for me. Like, I was refing triple and double A midget and going like, I I don't know what to do anymore. Because that, uh, you know, you had some games that you're like, well, each team had 11 power plays. <laughs> and that's, that's just part of it. But then, you know what, the next year and even later in the season, I got out there. I'm like, okay, Hockey Canada says that's a penalty. And I get it now. Like, there was a little bit of that. So I think it gets one more full season before they take another look at it. Yeah, because the playoffs were great football. So uh, I feel like if the good teams, and I feel like it took them almost the whole year to figure it out. But what? when, when they, they did. did. But but look at, and it's funny, look at, look at who figured it out first was the Montreal Alouettes. Yeah. To me, that's the only reason Montreal made the playoffs last year. Yeah, you know what? And, and Saskatchewan struggled with it. They did, and the Riders struggled mightily with it and came out of the gates and went off to the worst start in franchise history, which, again, when we talk free agency, this is what we're calling a tease. Remember when I said two Grey Cups in the next two Grey Cup games in the next three years? Yes, I do. I am sticking by that now that I've seen the moves that Joneses make. We'll talk about that a little later. Yeah, Chris Jones is making you look... Uh pretty good uh we'll move on to fake gainer now we did talk about him but he had a suggestion on to what we should talk about and uh, uh for, for one i'm okay i'm glad we're on to these you read these because i'm just i'm on the looping gif right now of, of his <laughs> of the st louis ribs and man oh, it's making me hungry man 
So, so, so you read. Uh, so, Fake Gainer wants us to talk expansion and a St. Louis CFL team's nicknames. He votes the St. Louis Ribs. <laughs> I, I write the St. Louis Mountain Goats. <laughs> yeah, like it should be something that isn't from St. Louis, like the St. Louis Polar Bears, or like <laughs> you know, like the St. Louis. Like penguins, yeah, or like the the St. Louis kangaroos, like it just makes no sense. Or you know, the NFL still owns all the Rams logos, so that's why you just become the St. Louis horned sheep and just change the <laughs> logo so slightly, and then you you know nobody would really have to buy any new jerseys. You call them the Rocky Mountain Bighorn Sheep, and they play out of St. Louis. <laughs> so I like it. Or, so or or a nomadic existence, like our friend Oz suggested on <laughs> CFL Pass. <laughs> Well, it was the mi- it was the middle of last season, and wasn't there that talk of a CFL team going to Vegas before an NFL team? Yeah, there was. Oh, it was very briefly. I it don't was. Know, I, I it was uh, briefly talked about, but I think now that I've always said for a long time that whoever was the first pro sports franchise to get to Vegas would have an instant following, and it looks like the NHL is going to do that. Um, yeah, it's it's. It's tough to say. Like, I know that, that that rumor was out there. I don't think an, a U.S. expansion has ever been seriously looked at. But, I mean, Oz did make some good points. I mean, you, as long as you don't get you don't get greedy. Like, a one-team-at-a-time kind of situation might not be the worst. And let's face it. I mean, if you could get some American dollars infused in the league right now, might not be a bad idea. It's just I don't know if and, – and Oz made the same point. I wholeheartedly agree with him. I don't know if it's long-term. Like he said, it, it's be. I mean, his nomads idea would never. I love the idea. It would never, ever, ever in a zillion years work out. Nobody would play for that team ever. Yeah, you, you gotta put the piece. To, you gotta read the piece. Uh, CFLpass.ca. There's always great stuff in there. I know the Eskimo Empire guys are involved there. I do my uh, weekly Red Deer Roundup every week, and he goes into a lot of detail about a CFL team in St. Louis because there's this group that wants it to happen, and it's. Thanks for noticing us, St. Louis, but I think we got to keep the CFL up here for the time being because we saw how the Canadian talent was spread so thin when the, yep. the Red Blacks came in. And now guys are getting crazy contracts. Yep. Guys like Muamba are getting paid so much. They're getting these massive bonuses because when there's a good Canadian player, you got to pay them. If you want yeah. them on your team, so absolutely, and you need those good Canadian players to be successful. You need quarterbacks and good Canadian players. It's just, it's really that's what the CFL boils down to, and that's that's as simple as it is. So, I, it's a fun idea to talk about. I don't think the league would would really. I mean, I think that conversation maybe starts happening with Atlantic Canada, but again, and I'm going to re-raise a lot of the points that Oz brought up. You know, you can't geographically, you can't really be close to Canada because. You're dominated by you're absolutely dominated by NFL teams. You know Minnesota, Seattle, the whole uh, you know New England region. So then yeah. you go that far south, and then what do you do logistically? Okay, Las Vegas is going to fly across the continent to play a game <laughs> in Montreal, and then because the CFL schedule makers love doing this, and then they got to fly to BC to play a game two and a half days later. <laughs> two and a half days. on a Tuesday on a Tuesday at ten thirty in the morning, probably. <laughs> Oh, like, like is it isn't there enough summer and aren't there enough teams that are primary tenants in their new barns that a team like the Red Blacks doesn't have to play like five games in in four days? It was 
There, there are some moments on the schedule that are pretty head scratching, and I got them last year because there was the Pan Am Games. There was oh yeah, there was a logistical you know, nightmare to do with the Toronto Argonauts, and I, and I get it. The Argonauts are still they're still the number two tenant at BMO Field, and that's fine. But I mean, why you know why are you getting some teams that are playing games so close together? I mean, you want the quality of the game to be good. I mean, you look at. Ottawa specifically, you play Friday, July eighth. You host you host Calgary again. Ottawa to Toronto is not a far trip for people that aren't, maybe aren't from Canada listening to this. Five days later, they're at Toronto. Yeah, like on a Wednesday. Yeah, on a, of course it's a Wednesday. Where else would they play a Wednesday game, Travis? <laughs> so uh, when when I saw that, there's actually Winnipeg hosts a Wednesday game this year. I mean, what are they doing? And I don't understand that with the Blue Bombers. I mean, we might have to look at a little deeper and see if perhaps there is some sort of event going on. But I've been told by all my friends that live in Winnipeg, and I have lots of family and friends that live there, that getting to a Blue Bomber game during a weeknight is an absolute logistical oh, nightmare. Well, like, and, and then like everybody's got to du- duck out of duck out of work early and. You know, it, just to make it, they've got to push the start time back for half an hour so you can get there in public transit. Like, it's just, it, it's not a good situation at all. And I don't well, know why, you know, they would do that. There's actually two Wednesday games in Toronto so well, far yeah. that I can see. Labor Day, uh, the Argos play Wednesday against the Lions. And then they play Monday, uh, of course, the Labor Day Classic against the Ticats, which is now the late game. Is Is that designed to give the Argos rest or... Is this- I, I don't know. I I, <laughs> I don't know. It's hey, you uh, play three hours later. We'll give you a little bit more rest. And I get it. Like there are difficulties with there only being nine teams. It's hard yeah. to schedule an an eighteen game season when you have nine teams. Mm-hmm. Like I get it. So there are going to be some difficulties, but I think some players voice their concerns and legitimate concerns about the schedule. That hey, you know, this isn't safe at all to go, you know, back to back like that. So I just hope nobody gets hurt, and I hope people in Toronto love Wednesday night football. I know me as a sportscaster will love it because there's usually nothing going on on yeah. Wednesdays during the summer. So well, I, I did notice that they must have listened to the concerns of uh, BC Lions fans. Because they no longer have Thursday games, yep. or you know, they play Fridays a little bit, but you know, eight o'clock, seven o'clock starts or whatever. So maybe they're trying to focus on getting the attendance up in uh, Vancouver, which uh, it's a great place to watch a game. So uh, well, that I, that that has to be the next crisis for the CFL now. Yeah, it I, is Vancouver. It is. I mean, that's the one that nobody talked about because we're all too busy pointing and laughing at Toronto. And now Toronto's got new ownership, stable ownership. Uh, What's looking like is going to be a beautiful place to watch football. Um, And now you're looking out in Vancouver and going, uh, qu'est-ce que c'est le pamplemousse? Yeah, BC has the one Thursday game uh, early in July, and that is it. So uh, they've moved that experiment to Edmonton now. I'm curious to see how it'll work. Uh, well, I, Edmonton, to me, has always been, and I'll give kudos to Edmonton, whether you're going to an Oilers game or an Eskimo game, Edmonton might be one of the most accessible cities for getting across town in a short amount of time. Yeah, when I, 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 I live in Red Deer, I got season tickets, I go to the southern uh, 
most part of the LRT. I jump on the train and I go right to the game. And anybody, I've come in from Lloyd Minster during my time there for countless Oilers and Eskimos games. I the to me, it's the easternmost LRT station, and I'm right at the I'm right at the stadium. Like that yeah. is one. So maybe they looked at a market that this might work. I mean, Saskatchewan, it, it wouldn't because let's face it, you know, uh, you get a little jammed up heading down. Uh, What's that Albert. street name? Uh, you're getting heading down Albert to get to the game, so somebody's somebody's with with the wacky schedule with nine teams. You're going to have to do stuff like that. Yeah, I'm uh, looking forward to the season. We have the schedule, uh, and, and it starts with Toronto on a Thursday night. Uh, <laughs> what other way would you start in Toronto? Yeah. Chad Owens come back to town for that game though, so no, that'll be to me. That's going to be an interesting one. I'm, I'm going to like that one. And 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 before before we get into more free agent talk, I should mention too anybody that's listening across Saskatchewan to our podcast. Uh, if you like CFL football, you like the guys in the CFL and TSN panel. Cool event taking place here in Saskatoon, May fifth. It is the Huskies Football Foundation Dogs Breakfast. Now, what this is. It's a breakfast. It's at a big hall here. It's always great. They they like cook up something like I think it's like ten thousand sausages or something and like pounds of pounds of bacon. Oh. Glenn Suter is hosting. This is his tenth or eleventh nice. time hosting the panel. Rod Smith, Dwayne Ford, Jock Climby going to be here. Chris Jones is going to be here, and Carrie Joseph. Wow! And it's all a fundraiser for the Huskies football team up here. So if you're listening across the province, you know what? It, it's it's an early morning, but it's the kind of day that you could either get up the night before. You won't. It's an in and out trip to Saskatoon. I think tickets start. Uh, it's either 100 or 150 bucks. It's all at Hus- huskyfootballfoundation.com. And like I said, those m- funds raised go directly to CIS kids. Like 40 kids in the Huskies last year got scholarships because of this breakfast. It is Canada's largest sports breakfast. Fun fact. Wow. Let's get them on the pod. Oh, that's that's. What do you think I'm going to be doing? I'm live on location there all morning, and I'm I'm sorry, work, and I'm sorry, you know, lesson Vinice, if you're listening to this, uh, don't I I uh, this is totally whom you're, and I'm I'm not, ma- and I'm totally making this up. But seriously, I'm gonna like blow off my real job and go and make sure to lock down at least three of these guys for the pod. We need business cards. Why don't we get T-shirts instead? T-shirts are cooler. So hand out a T-shirt to Jock Climby. Yeah, say hey, you want to uh, spend ten minutes on the podcast? I think you have to come up for that. It's in May, eh? It's in May. It's a Thursday in May. I know it's a little tough, little, Damn. little, little tough. But hey, we could just like corner guys and be like, "Hey, two and out CFL <laughs> podcast here." I like this. I hey, like this. This is what we'll do, and then and then like I'll be like. Hey, we totally need you for the legitimate radio station I work for. Oh, by the way, no, it's a Philly <laughs> podcast. We'll say, like, like we I'll ask, like, I'll ask like three questions about football and CIS and, and being here, and then I'll be like, so what's your favorite kind of poutine? And what's your favorite donut? <laughs> <laughs> Double doubles are regular. I like this. I right. really so May. That's the biggest podcast in two and out history. Done May fifth. We'll see you there. That might be our next episode. The way we, you and I are going. <laughs> Fake Gainer also uh, wants us to talk about a player status. Uh, the player rhymes with Master Rimmins. Masper Rimmins. <laughs> what is Jasper doing? <laughs> he doesn't have a job. That's what he's doing. Where's his agent? <laughs> Does he have any clients anymore? <laughs> I just, I'm, I, I gotta, you gotta go through Fake Gainer's feed, and I know, and I know, like, 
as a professional, I shouldn't be laughing at this guy's misfortunes, but as a football fan and a guy who <laughs> likes laughing, when I get the daily fake gainer update that Jasper Simmons has not signed anywhere yet because of his agent, I just laugh. But you know what? Like he was he is a good football player, and I think there's a lot of organizations that that are out there that are like, "You know what? Your agent's a meathead and he cost you a job." And on top of that, uh, we can find somebody else from the NCAA that'll do your job for you for twenty grand cheaper, and we don't have to deal with any drama. That sucks, because yeah, I am. A, I like Jasper Simmons as a player. Like, I, oh, absolutely. You know, I, I think that he has a lot to give, but he's got a meathead representing him, and uh, it might have ruined his career. And Jasper's agent, if you're listening right now, we are calling you a meathead, and you don't have a way to respond. Come on on the podcast. Yeah, let's get him on. You, you, I'll have you on. I'll call you a meathead, and you can explain why you are a meathead, and maybe I will re- remove the title of meathead from you at the end of the pod. <laughs> Adriana wants to talk about Shane McMahon uh, making the return to Monday Night Raw on this Monday. One, this one's all you, buddy. Okay. When I heard that music, here comes the money. Oh. Uh-huh. I, I went. I, that was like right at the end of the time that I was watching wrestling as a kid. I, oh, so you even you know Shane McMahon? Oh, I know who Shane McMahon is, but I didn't watch the return. I don't understand the relevancy of it. That's why I say that you have to be the one to explain. I know who he is. So apparently, is. apparently, John, he is wrestling the Undertaker in Hell in a Cell at WrestleMania. <laughs> No, he's not. Yes, that's apparently that's what's happening after Raw. Now I'm going to WrestleMania. Isn't so, the Undertaker? Isn't he like dirt now? Like, isn't he like sixty-seven? He's the dead man. He does not die. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I, I'm looking forward to that. Uh, so yeah, there's a, a Shane McMahon talk, and then one final social media suggestion: the CFL Command Center wants to talk about uh, our favorite nudes that we have seen today. I haven't seen any today. Uh, I saw one. It was uh, this dude. He's probably about, I'd say, about 320 pounds. Uh, he just walked into the Nashville en- International I saw Airport that, I saw naked. that yesterday. <laughs> like, you know what? Why mess with every time you go through, you fly internationally, they're like, hey, let me pat down your shirt. Let me swipe the medical <laughs> wand. Let me take off your shoes. Let's just cut out the middle, man. Let's all fly out with our wangs out. And uh, everybody could be like, oh, you are obviously not hiding anything. <laughs> and is it cold in here? Oh, it must be cold in here. <laughs> I was in the pool. Yeah, that, that would be my excuse. Uh, uh, <laughs> sir, it's 35 degrees out. Uh, it's cold back home. <laughs> I was just, I was in the pool, I swear. <laughs> uh, okay, should we right, get to real football all the news topics now? off of Twitter. So why, get- don't, why don't we start going through and taking a look at free agency? Okay, let's actually play the news sound effect because I like it. Okay, let's do it. In the Huddle with Fraser and Kura on the Two It Out podcast. All right, so I guess I don't know the strategy here. Should we go kind of team by team and do a quick rundown? I mean, there were so many signings because there were. Uh, you know what? Every most most signings have been 
analyzed to Scrutinized, death already. Scrutinized, you know. And, and, and I think that there were about 452 free agents, so... So why don't, why, why don't we why don't we focus on the ones that have just kind of happened recently, and then why don't we give our thoughts on the two teams that we follow? You being the Riders, me being the Bombers, and then we'll talk about who do you think has improved, done the best, and done the worst in free agency. Well, it's a coincidence, but I think our teams have improved the most. Well, and that's it. I think we make the case for each one of our teams, even though I might side with you at the end of it. But I think we make the case for our teams. And let's talk about some recent free agent news. Uh, One being it looks like uh, Chris Getzlaff is going to be an Edmonton Eskimo. Of course, they lost uh, some Canadian receivers, Shema Chambers, most notably to Saskatchewan. Uh, So, the Eskimos getting desperate in signing Chris Getzlaff to a deal. I made a wager with a friend of mine. Um, I said, mostly based on his injury history, I said under 600 yards this year for Chris Getzlaff. The the Getzlaff era in Saskatchewan just kind of faded away, didn't it? It did. And, I mean, he was a great ambassador. You know what? And this, I will get, say one thing about Chris. Um, he was out in the community today for the he Wear was, Pink yeah. Anti-Bullying Day on the same day that this that on the front page of the CFL website says he's going to sign in Edmonton. So the day that basically everybody in the league is saying you're going to Edmonton, he still took the time to go out with his rider teammates and rider alumni to go and hang out and, and preach the message of anti-bullying. So you know what, Chris, I, I hope I'm wrong, but I just, you know what, it's just the injury history for the past couple of years. I remember... A line I was told about him a couple years ago was after one of his leg injuries is that he'll never be the same player, and he hasn't been since that point. I can't tell you who told me that, but it just hasn't been. But you know what? I hope for a rebound year. I hope they figure it out. I hope you prove me wrong, Chris. Yeah, I, I would really like it. He's uh, one of the good uh, ambassadors, I think, uh, of the game, and yeah, proven by uh, him uh, still stepping up and being in the community uh, to the end of his Saskatchewan Rough Rider run, and I think he'll be one of those guys. He's a local guy, so he'll always have a place in Rider Nation, even once the career is uh, done for him. Do you want to start with Winnipeg? Because they are the guys that, man, they started free agents. I was actually oh, in yeah. New York City when uh, free agency started, and my phone was blowing up with Winnipeg stuff. Man, they started free agency with a bang, hashtag tampering. (laughs) (laughs) There is no tampering in the CFL. What are you talking about? (laughs) The the first rule of tampering in the CFL is we don't talk about it. We don't talk about it. Um, I, I don't get why they don't just go like the NBA and just admit like, okay, you have a week to talk to teams, but you can't officially announce deals uh, till a certain uh, certain time. For me, for everybody that's a casual observer of the Canadian Football League, they're going to flat out say that Winnipeg won free agency, and I'm not saying that they didn't. To me, Winnipeg went out and added some of the biggest names of the CFL and some absolute game breakers. They went out, you know, what were they weekend? They were weekend Canadian talent. So what do they do? They get Andrew Harris, who still has a lot of yards left in him, you know, especially as a pass catcher in BC. He proved that last year. Keith Scholigan's also there. That's going to help with the ratio. And then, of course, before free agency started, they they signed Weston Dressler. Then they signed Dressler 2.0 and Ryan Smith. So now Drew Willie 
will actually have receivers that he can get the football to. And the biggest problem for the Winnipeg Blue Bombers last year was kicking. They add Justin Medlock. I should also mention they bring over Jeff Keeping, a backup offensive lineman who's Canadian, and also bring over Andrew Harris's backup, who I like as that move, just in case Harris get hurts, gets hurt mid-game. you got to have that guy in there so you don't really have to mess uh, with the ratio. So as far as splashy signings, I think Winnipeg probably had the most of them and they needed to do something that team has been terrible for so so long and just even just to give us a glimmer of hope shortly after either Dressler was released or Dressler had signed I was on the Rouge White and Blue podcast and I was saying I'll, I'm going to do a happy dance and I did because I love the Dressler signing I think he's still got a couple good years left in him Medlock to me is going to be a massive difference maker Sholigan will look great on that defensive line and, and I've always been a fan of Ryan Smith so you know you can uh, and I, I will say I was surprised that the Riders Twitter account put out the joke about Smith and Dressler being short I mean come on guys like they, they won you games especially Dressler he got you to the Grey Cup so to me Winnipeg did well I like what they did. I like a lot of the name signings. I'm going to be interested to see how they do because sometimes when you make the big splash, it never seems to come together. But to me, Travis, the Saskatchewan Rough Riders did better in free agency. What do you make of, I'm sorry, that whole Twitter thing? Like, they were so quick to, and I know it's such a little. It was, you know what? It was, I think it was off the cuff. It was just a little thing, and I think that's why not a big deal was made out of it. It was just like, you know. Maybe wait a little bit before, like, yeah. of all things, like, make an old joke, not a short joke or something like that, or point out that you were 3-15 and 15 last year. It just seemed like, I know it struck a nerve with some people here in Saskatchewan saying, well, you're too short to to ride this ride, but, you know, you started yeah. both of those guys last year, and one of them won a great cup with you. Yeah, and the riders made, holy, it was kind of a slow burn, but the signings they've made, were absolutely incredible and and when you look at the surface you know you're like wow but there's so many uh like a guy like Justin uh Capishotti, nobody's going to be talking about him but that's a huge signing well the thing that blew me away is I'm talking about all these signings to people that I, I'm here in the province with and they're going who like I I, I said Justin well, Capicotti and, and people were asking who? I mean, we're talking Kendall Lawrence, and people are saying who? And Ed Gainey and Jones, the linebacker. Like, you look at all those players. Like, they've all been all-stars someplace else. Are they household names? Absolutely not. But you know what? I look at a guy like Greg Jones. He's going to be huge for them. Like you said, Capicotti allows them to keep one of those defensive line spots. As But how uh, sexy are the signings of Otha Foster and Ed Gainey? Now, I know that and those these are, are... You know what? Those are sexy, but those are guys that, you know what? Most people I talked to didn't have a clue who they were. Guys like you and me that follow the league so much know exactly who these guys are, but I think a lot of people were, you know, people here in Saskatchewan are still mad about getting rid of John Chick and Weston Dressler, and I'm sitting there, I'm like, okay, like, I love Dressler, I do, as a, as a human being, as a player, I think he's still got some good years left. He was overpaid by $100,000, so was Chick, and the fact is, you got players who are just as good as, if not better, and younger and cheaper, because that rider roster didn't need a splashy signing like Andrew Harris or Justin Medlock. It needed, like what Chris Jones did, and got uh, two handfuls of really, really good players. But it, and doesn't that speak to you about how much of an offense-driven league this is? Uh, because a guy like Ed Ganey and guys like Otha Foster... 
Nobody really talks about defensive backs no. much in the uh, Canadian Football League. Like, who is the last popular DB in Saskatchewan? Eddie Davis and um, Omar no. Morgan, maybe. You, you o- know, Omar Morgan is probably the last. I'm just trying to think. I mean, Johnson was after the 07 Grey Cup. They let him go. Yeah, and James Patrick. I was a big fan of, but yeah. so many fans don't remember defensive backs because if the DBs are doing their job, you're not talking about them. No, exactly. And that's Foster and, that's a big and Ganey part of it. are incredible players. Yeah, they are. I think I think Saskatchewan did the most to improve this year, but they also had to do the most to improve. I, I think Winnipeg I, I think if we had said throughout all my anger that there were the makings of of a core there there was some good pieces, and Winnipeg essentially is going all in this year because Kyle Walters has to know, like, between Paul Lapolis yeah. getting there and, and Walters has to know that it's his job on the line if this doesn't happen. And, and Chris Jones knows Otha Fa- Foster. He, he He's going to know how to use Kendall Lawrence, which is he's one of the most, I think, versatile offensive players in the league. Uh, he can catch, he can run, he can return, he can do it all. And if they use them properly, that's a big signing. Now, the reason I'm keeping my expectations low is because while the Riders made the most moves, they also have the most areas to improve in. So, <laughs> but then, but then, now, now here's the thing, though, Travis. Look at the West Division, and who can you tell me has improved outside of Winnipeg? Well, Saskatchewan, and that's, that's it. it. And and to me. I think I think BC re-signing Travis Lule might be the sneaky best move of the offseason. But I, I don't think he's going to start. He's not going to start. But you need two quarterbacks in the league this year, this the, this day and age. You yeah, really, and- you really do. I feel better. The Bombers having Drew Willie and Matt Nichols. Let's face it, Nichols won the battle for the starting quarterback's job over Mike Riley not too long ago. I think he has a steady offense, a decent offensive coordinator. He'll make a good backup. You look, you look, Drew Tate is staying in Calgary. You look at BC with Jennings and Travis Lule. Lule won't start. They've already said that. He's not going to start. But well, guess now what? Ottawa has Burris and Trevor, Trevor Harris. Harris, which was another great move, especially the way they structured that deal, basically saying, Hank, this is your last year, yeah. then make it the bye-bye. You know, you look at the two teams, like, you look at Montreal doesn't have a lot of depth. See, Saskatchewan, if Darian Durant can stay healthy, Absolutely, with that improved roster, with what Durant can do with the football, will be great. But I like the Lule move because I think Jennings. You know what? Even if the guy, if, even if the guy pulls a hamstring and misses two or three weeks, you have Travis Lule coming off the bench with something to prove, if you will. So, and there's there's that one signing in uh, Saskatchewan that I, I'm not sure many people or enough people are talking about bringing John Childs in back from the yeah. NFL two years ago in Toronto. He was incredible as a first-year player, and then the next year he 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 had injuries, and then you know Ricky Ray wasn't there every 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 snap, so he kind of had a tough year. And then he went to the NFL, and he kind of became a forgotten man. But yep. he is a big, big receiver, and he might be their number one guy uh, next year. He is going to be one of them. I mean, so there's another great signing in Saskatchewan, another sneaky good signing. As I mentioned, I like the Trevor Harris deal. Now, to me, the one team that is just going to, I, I mean, what the hell, Montreal? Like, 
Like, they're in salary cap jail because they go out and add Javon Johnson, and you have to cut Henock Mwamba because of that. Reports are saying they're $700,000 over the salary cap right now. Wow. 700000 And the, you can look at that roster right now and go, I don't see Why? a team that should be capped. It's the same as the Riders last year. It's loyalty to veteran players that is cost that will eventually cost Jim Pop, you know, his job, which is crazy to say. But you know, back to the West Division, Trav, and again, my my bold prediction of two Grey Cup games in the next three years for Saskatchewan. I'm not saying wins. I'm saying they they'll get there twice. Um, Calgary to me lost a couple guys. Edmonton has been the cupboard has been raided in Edmonton, and BC lost players. So. You know, you you have a, it's going to be wide open, and I think the Riders could potentially host a playoff game and catch fire. And Chris Jones has proven that he might be the best coach in the league and could get the, his team to a Grey Cup as early as this year. Again, health and a few th- other things have to work out, but and I, I guess what I, I I'm saying is that uh, Calgary and Edmonton obviously are going to regress. Uh, Winnipeg and Saskatchewan are going to be better, but I think it brings them closer together. I'm still not sure that I, I don't think Saskatchewan or Winnipeg are going to be able to finish first. No, uh, I, I think I think though this is one of those years that 11 and seven might win the division or 10 and eight. Uh, I think it's going to be tight as hell. You're right. I think and, I think I think your division winner. Remember the 2011 year in the in the East that the that the Bombers won home field and and won the division with a 10 and 8 record. I see that in the West this year. Cuz we mentioned that yeah, okay, BC, Edmonton and Calgary regressed a little, but they didn't regress. They still had a core that they could regress from. So it's uh it's a little bit like communism, you know? You take from the rich, you give to the poor. <laughs> everybody gets everybody gets stronger. So I, I to me, I still say the Riders made the best moves, but they had the least to work with going in. <laughs> Winnipeg a close second, but they had a little more to work with uh, going in. So I think I think Winnipeg makes the playoffs. I think Saskatchewan does very well uh, all, all out in the what will be the Wild West this year. Yeah, because for Calgary, I I, I guess I still and I, and I know Eric Rogers is gone, uh, Juwan Simpson, Keon Raymond, but I think they they, they were moving on from uh, Raymond and Simpson anyway. So I'm not. I'm not doubting that Huffnagel and Dickinson have more talent stashed away because yeah. they always seem to. Uh, however, the the new coaches could be making a difference as well. Moss spent one year as a coordinator. Now he's a head coach. And, yeah. uh, Craig and, and, Dickinson, he, and he's been left with nothing. I mean, they, you're yeah. talking some of Edmonton's best players are either NFL bound or seemingly all on the bust of Saskatchewan. But they still have their Mike Rileys, their Odell Willis's, yeah. their J.C. Oh, yeah. Sherrits, their uh, Adarius Bowman. So they're still going to be uh, a good, good. Uh, I feel like BC is going to get left in the dust. But but, but I, we're but we're talking left in the dust at what like seven and eleven, eight and yeah. ten. I, I think it's going to be some very entertaining uh, football next year. Now, who's left? As far as uh, free agents go. I was just uh, looking at that on the CFL website, and there's some guys with some names. Uh, again, Getzlaff, I, I, as much as I wish he'll be an impact player, I don't think he's going to be anymore. Um, I look at, like, Xavier Fulton. I think the game has, has passed him by. You know, uh, Emmanuel Davis is still out there from Hamilton. Um he yeah, might go to the NFL, I think. Yeah, that's that's another one. He'll sign 
with somebody eventually. Nick Moore's back in BC. Uh, Justin Reed Hickman. goes to Calgary. Like I'm just I'm just trying to think like off the top of my head, you know, literally. I think Justin Hickman is probably the biggest name left. Yes, that, I I would agree. Yep, that will probably stay. Yep, uh, I'm actually kind of surprised he doesn't have a deal anywhere yet. Uh, I don't know if he's giving the NFL one more sniff, but he's a great player, and uh, uh, he's still a I think an impact guy uh, uh, on the defensive line. So he's I think we're all pretty set up. Uh, some guys will wait until you know injuries start mounting up. They always do yep. uh, in the preseason and the early parts of the season, and then uh, we'll see what happens with your favorite player, Liram Haralahu. <laughs> in Toronto, did he sign? I, I, did he sign? Yeah, he signed with the Argonauts. <laughs> I think was it the Argonauts? Yeah, it was. It was <laughs> like I saw that, and I I just giggled. I just <laughs> giggled. Oh, I, I, who was the kicker that uh, came out of nowhere in Winnipeg at the end of last year? You were going to get his jersey. Sergio. Yeah, so that, I feel bad for Sergio. It's, hey, Sergio might still find himself a place on at least the practice roster. I mean, Justin Medlock's American. Sergio's <laughs> yeah. American. And, yes, he's like a Brazilian soccer player. He has one name. <laughs> Ronaldo. Sergio. Yeah. I can't. I can't wait for him to put one through and go 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 That's impressive. Can you make that sound like a like a Portuguese goal call with like laser sound effects and dance music dropped in there for no reason? I was watching highlights the other day, and it was a couple weeks ago. This goal commentator soccer guy uh 41 seconds he oh, yelled I, goal if my kid wasn't sleeping i could do goal for 41 seconds 40 you could do 41 seconds oh, i bet you i could okay. I, be, I bet you i could next podcast okay next podcast i'll walk outside because it'll probably be like the middle of july by the time we do another <laughs> podcast and i'll walk outside and give you a good meaty goal and you time it <laughs> hey, early fantasy sleeper. I do want to mention this. I think Darvin Adams could have a big year in Winnipeg next year yep. because uh, Dressler and Smith are going to be able to attract a lot of coverage. Yep. Adams had a great year with the deep ball last year uh, with whoever the heck was throwing him to, to him that week. So uh, <laughs> I, 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 it, would, I, might, it I, might have been Sergio at one point. I think he's going to be a sneaky guy in 2016. I would agree. But you know who else I think? And he's not going to be sneaky because he is a big big name signing because I think people are going to key on Dressler. I think they're going to key on Adams. And I think it's going to be Ryan Smith getting over 1,000 yards for the first time. Nice. Look at that. Some early fantasy talk. Uh, and we, we still have a long ways to go to June. We sure do. Is it June yet? Or for the purpose of this podcast, is it next December yet so we can do episode three this year? (laughs) That does it. uh, Episode 31 of the Two and Out CFL podcast. I'm Travis Curra. He's John Fraser. I'd love to say we'll talk to you next week. but uh, We'll 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 talk talk to you 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 at some point. uh, uh, A month when you all start tweeting at us. That is one thing. Two and out listeners, we appreciate the fact you're tweeting at us being like, hey, 
Where are you guys? Get off your lazy butts and do a podcast. You know, I'd feel bad if we just went away and everybody's like, oh, those guys are gone. <laughs> yeah, they started unfollowing us on yeah. Twitter. Hey, hey, our Twitter followers still grew even during, you know, winter vacation. Yeah, so th- thanks a lot for that. We really appreciate that. Uh, continue to follow us there. Tune out CFL. Like us on Facebook. We're still waiting for June. <laughs> <laughs>